What's up, guys? Another week. You know what that means. It's time for the Dry Heat Podcast with your hosts, Cuse and Hans. As always, brought to you by our unofficial official sponsor, Canadian Mist, a blend known for its mellow character and smooth taste. Here we go. What's up? There we go. Yeah, that was annoying. Sorry. You're good, dude. No I don't know why, like, just be, like, trying to join, but, like, cut me out, and I was just like, uh, I don't know. That's hot. Yeah. It's like when you go up to a, a cool person at the bar, you know, and they're just like, get the fuck out of my face. You know, it's like, Damn, I <laughs> didn't even say anything. Yeah, that's pretty much what Anchor was doing to me. <laughs> What's up, dude? How we doing? Back in school? Back in school, you know, it was a nice little break. Got to see some of the some of the crew, some of the boys. It's a nice little break, but yeah, back at it. Yeah, dude. I guess uh, you know we might as well start off the pod with talking about a blood sacrifice that happened on the fire pit of the McCain compound, dude. What's going on there, dude? Like, did you help slit the throat that killed my fantasy team, or what happened, man? Uh, you know, I feel a little bit of guilt for that. Um, yeah, we were doing the uh, the exchange around the McCain fire pit. Uh, it looked like you had the game in hand, and you know, all we could hope for, uh, or all Jackson could hope for, was uh, a nothing burger out of Devonte Parker. And everyone thought there's no way that was going to happen. He's going to at least make a catch or do something. And then, lo and behold. He got nothing. So I don't know. I didn't actually see any of the uh, blood sacrifice going on. I don't know what kind of black magic was was happening <laughs> on the, that I wasn't aware of. We were just giving out gifts. And then, you know, maybe Jackson put some, like, curses in, poured something into the fire. I don't really know. We got to talk to Jackson about that. Well, the spiritual shaman, Ben Epstein, felt like he led the charge there against my my team. You know, throwing it in again against in the group me. You know, it's one thing to talk about it. You know, it's another thing to – you know, manifest it into reality, you know, what is this like, you know, I didn't realize the healing crystals were real, but now do I believe Alec? I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I will say Ben, Ben uh, does deserve a little bit of blame for that and kind of help manifest it. But Hey, what happened happened. I'm, I'm sorry. It had to be you, but oh, I still can't believe that Parker put up literally zero. Unbelievable, dude. Honestly, hilarious. Also, I definitely, um, I'm not honestly because Bowman Matt won. I'm really not even that upset about it to be honest, because that's just like hilariously funny. Um, especially because you know just talking shit to Ben the whole time, so I respect it. Um, yeah, we got to give Bowman some credit. I mean, he dude, most, he was, most like, average like, team all year just goes yeah. on the hottest streak of all time. Unbelievable. Dude was like middle of the pack, like maybe gonna make playoffs, but probably not. And then he sneaks into the playoffs as I think the sixth seed. He was, and uh, and uh, you know, I was like, oh, he's not gonna do much damage. And then he just goes on an absolute tear. Uh, it is funny though, even though uh, he ended up winning there. I don't know if Jackson had some leftover, you know, juju from that blood sacrifice with you or what it was, but Jackson actually needed Casey to get negative points out of Vermouth on the. Uh, on the last game and for at least the first two quarters, maybe three quarters, he did have some negative points there. So he almost manifested another insane outcome to win, but ultimately Bowman held him off. Unbelievable. I mean, definitely two guys will have to get on the pod. Um, 
I will say it's tough to swallow the pill of realizing that, you know, you sell out to win and then it just doesn't happen for you. You know, trade a second-round pick for Travis Kelsey. Of course, he has COVID, the freaking game that I need him. Damn. Um, and then, you know, highest scoring average all year. I mean, but it is what it is, man. Fantasy football, that's why it's so great. You know, that's why we got to love playing in the league. No, for sure. I mean, you definitely had the best regular season team and we're definitely the favorite to win going into it. But like you said, that's just what happens when you get to playoffs. It's a Lost whole different ball two, Dude, I was the best, dude, bruh. Best regular season team, bro. I mean, that's disrespectful, man. I've I needed two yards, two yards, two yards, Alec. Two yards, two yards. But it's all good. We'll get those guys on the pod soon. We've had some scheduling difficulties. Otherwise, you know, we'll definitely get Jackson on here. Casey, we'll see. I mean, he's definitely the ultimate wild card these days. Yeah, Casey can be hard to get a get a hold of, but he definitely would be electric on the pod and would say some very controversial things in his celebratory acceptance speech. So that would oh, be absolutely amazing. That would be hilarious. I definitely hope that happens. We'll we'll do our best, boys. We'll do our best. But you know, big news of the day, man. Well, I don't know what's bigger, honestly. JJ Watt or Phoenix Suns have now officially taken hold of the number one seed in the West yet again, and. You know, people talk about Steph Curry being the best three-point shooter in the league. But Cam Johnson might have something to say about that. Where should we start? I mean, both are good news options, which is rare for us in Arizona sports. It's like a new new come-up sort of situation. Uh, I think the bigger news is probably the J.J. Watt news. Just because okay. the Phoenix news is awesome. But, you know, we've been new that for a while. They're the best team in basketball. It's only a matter of time. The J.J. Watt thing, I mean, what an absolute psycho and what a legend. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, out for the season to, oh, just everything in the shoulder is torn, but maybe there's a chance for the playoffs to, you know, I mean, as a doctor, what is your medical opinion of the situation? That J.J. Watt, like, this is basically a miracle. This guy's a psychopath, like, or, you know, is there G.H. involved? So here's the thing, you know, everybody's a little bit different, but what they don't teach you in medical school, you know, they tell you this is the prognosis, this is what's going to happen. But what they do not teach you, and I think it's absolutely atrocious that they don't, because everyone should know this, is that in life, there are some people that are just built different. And J.J. Watt is one of those people. He's an absolute animal. You got to just take everything people say about his medical, you know, prognosis with a grain of salt. If they say it's going to be a year rehab, I'm like, okay, sweet, four or five months. Because this dude should absolutely be out for a much longer time. Just destroyed his shoulder. He had surgery in late October. I mean, he shouldn't even be out of the rehabbing from his just shoulder surgery, getting back to normal function, let alone football level. So this guy's just an absolute psycho, a beast. We'll have to see how he plays. You know, you never want to come back from injury too early and re-aggravate something. But clearly this guy believes in the team. He believes in the word just better mantra, and he wants to be back on the field a part of that. And what a great time for him to come back, rolling into the playoffs here and end of the season. It seems like the Cardinals are getting healthy about that right, Tom. I mean, Rodney Hudson's back. I will say, news reports today have Chase Edmonds out for the Seattle game, Marco Wilson and Robert Alford out for the the Seattle game as well. Um, Not that 
any of those guys besides Chase Edmonds has been doing much recently. But are we even worried about the Seattle game before we even get into anything else? Before, we, or do we want to talk out talk about last week first or Seattle? Well, uh, you know, I th- I think you have to take Seattle in the context of last week because okay. if you don't win last week, Seattle becomes an incredibly important game. Just not in terms of seeding necessarily, but just in terms of mojo going into the playoffs. But you go into Dallas, into AT&T Stadium, and you beat the Cowboys on their turf. That gives you that confidence boost of like, okay, yeah, you know, we are the Cardinals. We had a little skid there, but we can get back on track. So I think that makes this Seattle game way less important. And it's, you know, like you said, maybe a get right, get healthy type of game where you don't try to bring those guys that are borderline injury or, you know, try to get them healthy for the playoffs. I don't know. What do you think? I think the Cardinals are back, dude. I think, um, you know, you start out the hottest team in the world, basically. 7-0. I mean, another thing to remember about the J.J. Watt thing, we were 7-0 with J.J. Watt before he got hurt. You know, that's – you know what I mean? And then yeah. um, Matt Prater, big game, mental bounce-back situation. I mean – was I ever really concerned about Matt Prater? Not really. You know, it sucks to have a bad kicking game, but, you know, these things do happen in the regular season in the NFL. You know, if he double doinks us in the playoffs, will I forgive him? Definitely not. But that's a different situation. And so, yeah, dude, Cowboys, good team, bro. Really good team. Have they played anybody? I don't know. Did they beat Washington football team by 50 points literally the week before? Yes, they did. Was I concerned about our corners being able to cover, um, I don't know, like arguably one of the most potent offenses in the entire league? Yes, I was. I was concerned. Zeke, you know, didn't do much. Isaiah Simmons blew him up, probably gave him a concussion. You know, I got to love that. I mean, Isaiah Simmons looking like a heat-seeking missile out there. Um. Did, I don't know if he did much else in the game, though, to be honest. Um, we can touch on that in a minute. But, you know, C.D. Lamb, Schultz, the tight end. Michael Gallup obviously has an insane touchdown catch. I mean, what do you do as a corner there? You know, sometimes the offense is just better. Got to respect that. I mean, who is going to catch that ball except for Michael Gallup? Obviously, hurts himself. That's tough. Um, Amari Cooper, stud. So, I mean, they're – Dak Prescott, I mean, is what, probably a top-ten quarterback? You know, legit. Um, and so the fact that we just – they didn't do anything on us offensively honestly surprised me because did not expect to go – to see that team score 50 points to whatever they – 20 or whatever, 22, 21. Also, if Cliff Kingsbury not just kicking the extra point on that one, Again, I don't understand some of these cliff moves, dude, and they're just so important. <laughs> I don't that, understand. Yeah. That, I think that was what everybody in the group me finally was like, yo, what just happened here? Um, but defense balled out. Vance Joseph, honestly, is calling a coach in a heck of a defense. When you really think about who's playing on the team right now, it's really, uh, you know, Buda Baker flying around, weapon. Loved what I saw from the defense, I guess, basically what I'll say there. Um, offense, you know what, man? If we score more points to the other team, I like it. Kyler Murray is a stud. That final drive, that's the second time this year 
we've actually put a team away like that where you just long drive to kill the game, victory formation. I think that's huge growth. I think also for me, I still don't understand the A.J. Green, Colin Murray relationship. You know, one play looked like shit. Next play, it's like, holy shit, what a great play. Don't understand. Antoine Wesley, um, he looks legit. He looks legit. Christian Kirk, I don't even know how he's that close to 1,000 yards, to be honest. That blew my mind as well when I saw that stat. Zach Ertz, I mean, the dude is just awesome. He's just awesome. Rodney Hudson being back, so, I mean, huge difference. And, you know, I wish we scored more. I wish this happened. I wish that happened. Chase Edmonds is a stud as well. Um don't think we give him the ball enough, honestly. And, yeah, I will say, though, that game was a lot closer than it should have been. Yeah, definitely way closer than it should have been. Um, I like a lot about what you said, though. Uh, I think, it, you know, in order to be fair, I'll, give, I'll point out a Cliff positive with the negative, which we kind of touched on. Cliff positive, when he forced McCarthy to call that extra timeout with the – line up for the, you know, fake going to go for it and then ended up not going for it, so they had to call timeout. That ended up being huge because then McCarthy didn't have a timeout when Chase Edmonds probably fumbled the ball at the end there and they couldn't challenge it. Definitely fumbled. Uh, and you have that timeout left, you can challenge it. So, you know, that the, I'll give Cliff credit there because then at that point he still has a timeout. It's a different ball game. They get the ball back with a chance to go do something with it and you got to ask the defense to stop a two-minute drill instead of just kneeling it out. So good job there, Cliff. Like you touched on, though, the most smooth brain move I think I've seen in the last couple of weeks. I don't know why he went for two there instead of just kicking the fucking field goal. I I mean, I don't know what analytics book he has or what stat nerd he's got telling him that he should do that or if it was just like a gut feeling like, hey, I just want to go for two here. But it made absolutely no sense. It's a lot no easier to sense, swallow. It made but it's easier to swallow when you win the game. You know, we can like kind of laugh about it and brush it off. Like what the hell was he doing? But we're getting towards the playoffs. And if he does that shit in the playoffs where the margin of error is not that large, like that can be a huge issue. And I am really worried if, if you're right and we got our mojo back and we're, you know, back to being the best, if, or you know, one of the better, if not the best team in the NFC. I mean, at that point, then determining who wins between two really good top tier teams, it can come down to coaching. And that's something I'm a little worried about with Cliff, because I think he's got definitely the potential to screw us over out of a should be victory rather than us just getting our asses beat. Um, But, you know, good and bad in that game. Like you said, the defense stepped up, even though they had insane amount of injuries. I didn't know half the people that were out there. Isaiah Simmons lighting up Zeke was awesome. Buda Baker might be the best defender in all of football, honestly. He can just do so much, um, rub the belly. You see why Steve Kime is so eager to pay him so much money. Um, and then I, I did want to touch on, because we've talked about this, I think last year when we started the pod, uh, we were asking a little bit about, like, what's the deal with Vance Joseph not playing Isaiah Simmons more? He's such a high pick. And we had this whole Vance Joseph not playing rookies thing. Maybe we should give Vance Joseph some some credence that he knows what he's doing, you know, because he, he did play Zayvon Collins a little bit that game out of necessity, but he hasn't played him much this year. But look at the growth of Isaiah Simmons just from that one year of, like, getting in some action here and there, but mostly sitting out and watching and learning. So, I mean, I'm excited to see if that same sort of jump happens for Zayvon Collins and maybe 
Vance Joseph just knows what he's doing. Uh, also interested to see if he's going to get some head coaching offers here, or if he's going to stick it out uh, in Arizona. Offensively, yeah, we looked a lot better. We converted a lot more. Still could have been sharper. Like you said, you want to get more points out there, but you're going to take a win in Dallas against a, a potential playoff matchup. So all in all, I was happy. It was what we needed to have happen because you lose that game and it just spells trouble for the playoffs. And now I'm a little more optimistic going into it. Yeah, I agree. Also, fun fact, A.J. Green totally burned Trayvon Diggs all game. Did you um, see the stat about Trayvon Diggs? What? The, it's the, like, you know, because he's leading the league in interceptions one? and everyone's talking about that. And he's true. he's given up more yards than any other cornerback in the NFC. Yeah, over 1,000 yards or whatever. I said, did yeah. see that. Also this guy just tries to jump routes and, you know, when it works, he looks great. But then he gets burned half the time. Yes, that is definitely how I describe the way he plays. Oh, it's kind of hilarious, actually. Um, I thought you were maybe talking about the stat line he had against the Cardinals, which was zero interceptions, zero passes defended. I thought that was kind of hilarious as well. Um, AJ Green, you know, AJ, I don't know, man. AJ Green, um, you know, Ben asked an excellent question in the group chat, which we can get towards to in a minute as far as like who you would sign. But A.J. Green, dude, for what we need him to do, like, he's had a great year. And honestly, if he catches that ball at Green Bay, I think the way that a lot of people look at him is a lot different. And obviously, we'll never know exactly what happened there. You know, you want to blame it on A.J., but it's literally his, what, eighth game with Kyler Murray. Sounds like a lot, but it's not really, especially in those, like, red zones. It's like, how many red zone situations do you have up to game eight? Like, maybe 20. How many of those balls are actually going? towards AJ Green, like not that many. Um, et cetera, et cetera. Plus Kyler Murray and Cliff tend to get cute because they know they're really good and smart, which is nice when it works, but other times annoying. Um AJ Green's a stud, man. Um and he balled I mean, he, out. He balled he's out. Def- he's definitely athletic and he's a weapon that I like want to be able to use and like there are games where you can see what he's still capable of. Sure. Is but he like, Justin Je- is he Justin Jefferson? Like obviously not. Is he DeAndre Hopkins? No. But is he a wide receiver one at a number of other teams? Yes, he is. Like he's so good. And but, you definitely yeah, see- I agree. But like to your point, what I don't understand like why he and Kyler, like you said, one one day or one play, they look like they're the most in sync couple and they've been doing this for decades. And then, you know, two plays later they couldn't be on different pages and it's just it's just weird i don't know why that is because you know what happens with christian kirk too happens with christian kirk too and that's like kyler's homie um rondell moore i've seen it a few times antoine wesley what a revelation dude yeah that was those are some nice catches too those are great catches like you know that was a good redemption right there because that that first one was pretty pretty bad Went straight through Please, the hands. Dude. Yeah. Um, um, do, you, do you think that, um, you know, obviously we still don't know if or when we would have a chance at getting D-Hop back. They said maybe later in the playoffs, maybe, which is not a hopeful I would say statement. second round of the playoffs would be when but realistically <laughs> he's going to even be able to be on the field. And I don't think he would be 100% until, like, if we made it to the Super Bowl. I think do that's you think we could do it without him, or do you think it like our, old, you know, I know we can we can at least win a game or two without him in the playoffs, but do you think 
that without him we can make that leap to the NFC Championship game to the Super Bowl, or do you think it hinges on him being out there? Um, that's a great question. Obviously, I really, really like our chances with D Hop on the field. You know, just you know, F it, he's up there somewhere. Vibe is just you know, clearly the offense is not as good without DeAndre Hopkins, just yes. like very apparently. And that makes sense, though, because he's literally, what, the top two receiver, top three receiver at worst in the NFL, and he can literally catch everything. Um, and so when you don't have that guy, um, and then obviously now A.J. Green's taking the number one corner rather than being matched up on the number two corner, which he would feast on, because most teams only have one really good corner, right? Right. Um, the answer is I think we could still win everything even without DeAndre Hopkins. Um, because you think about what our matchups are likely to be. Um, and I think it sounds like we have Chase Edmonds out for the Seattle game. And obviously James Connors hasn't been out, hasn't played for a while, um, which I think is a positive, to be honest, because, you know, why risk injury with the two most important pieces for a playoff run, which are the two best running backs, arguably – the, the best running back duo in the league. Um, no, I would agree with that. Uh, I mean, Chase Edmonds is averaging more yards than anybody in the league, and he's just a weapon. Like, I love the way that we've been using him this year, actually. Like, you just give him the ball in space and let him run. And then at times also, he's shown that he can carry the load for, like, extended periods of time. And obviously, you don't want him to do that, though. You know, like, you prefer if James Conner and Chase Edmonds were healthy all year but actually, I feel like the fact that they've gone kind of back and forth on they've both basically been the running back one for extended periods of time this whole year, except for on our win streak. So that's like I think that's good for the team going into the playoffs. And I think basically it's going to come down to can we run the ball? Can we make enough stops on defense? And can Kyler Murray make one or two big plays? And, and I think can, and can Cliff not mismanage the end of the game? Um, yeah, I think that's fair, honestly. And so from saying that, I think obviously your big playability goes way up with DeAndre Hopkins on the field. But I also think I've seen enough out of Chase Edmonds, James Conner, Zach Ertz, AJ Green, Christian Kirk from time to time and Rondell Moore, not to mention with Rodney Hudson back, that line is just totally different to say that I think realistically this team could go, could score. 45 touchdowns in Tampa, 45 touchdowns um, versus the Cowboys. And in Green Bay, you know, which realistically is where the NFC championship game would be. Um, we've seen that's what I'm that's why I focus on the running backs. James Conner and Chase Edmonds are going to lead the way in that situation. And I think that's where A.J. Green actually playing in Cincinnati will be huge. You know, it's a guy who's played in cold weather his whole career, basically. Um, and then Zach Ertz played in Philly. And so it's like, well, the game changes if it's a really cold game. It turns into a running game, a couple big shots down the field, and the tight end. And then it all comes down to the defense at that point. So I think offensively, D-Hop, I just, you know, it does, that's not the biggest worry. Although at the same time, it's like, yeah, if D-Hop was there, you would feel so, so much better. 100%, yeah. Um, I like your optimism. I hope you're right. I, I would love to see D-Hop out there if he can, but I think even without him, you got to just 
still push forward. And hopefully getting J.J. Watt back will help. I know we did pretty well against Zeke and the Cowboys, but prior to that, our run defense was absolutely atrocious, and it wasn't that way when he was in the game. So hopefully he can come in and keep up that impact that he had before his injury where we were pretty good about stopping the run and getting off the field on third down. So you'd love to see that. Uh, I yeah, do have I mean, a question we... for you. What's that? I do have a question for you because you mentioned two of the teams, uh, the potential wild card matchup against the Bucks, and then obviously potentially, depending on how far both teams go, an NFC matchup or rematch for us against the Packers in Green Bay. Um, there has been some news out about both those those teams, and I kind of want to get your take on it. I know it's not Arizona Cardinals, but what was your take on the whole ABBA situation? And then the follow-up to that, what was your take on the whole Aaron Rodgers news with the uh, the Chicago Bears writer saying that he wouldn't put him down for MVP and then <laughs> Rodgers firing back? Uh, well, just quickly, I think Bruce Arians can be definitely like a huge tool bag if he doesn't like you. And I think AB gives you a lot of reasons not to like you, like himself. Like he doesn't, you know, endear himself necessarily to teammates. So, um, uh, with the AB thing, like if he's actually hurt, that's like one thing. Do I, do I trust anything that AB says? Like not particularly. Um, so that's, that's all I can really say at the moment. I think, you know, making a show of that situation is definitely just like a doucher move. Whereas, like, if you just go to the locker room, it's, like, a non-story. Maybe you figure it out with the team. Maybe you, like, are ready for the playoffs. Maybe whatever. Uh, but Antonio Brown, dude, it's just, like, you know, you get your second chance. And if you blow your second chance, like, you blow your second chance. Like, you don't get all these chances. Although I will say, you know, he's definitely the – he was definitely the best wide receiver on a team with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski. And so – you know, do I think he can put it together for a playoff run? You know, am I interested to see if he's actually not hurt and like it to sign with him or if he actually is hurt and get injured? I think that's kind of like um, what's still up in the air at this point. But if I was Antonio Brown, I would just be like, fuck it. I'm not hurt. I'll like tape it up. I'll go play for the Packers or like I'll, I'll go sign with somebody like for the playoff run. Because he's for four weeks, he can't do much in the locker room. And you'll just be like, Antonio, you're going to get six targets a game roughly. We need you to get one touchdown and like 60 yards. And I think, you know, especially for a team like Green Bay, they don't have anybody else besides Devontae Adams really that can. And so that's that's my take on that situation. And then Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that dude, he's, I mean, I think it's kind of funny because when you see him talk to the media, you can just tell he like doesn't like them. Yeah, he's and, kind of a savage. <laughs> yeah, well, and I respect it. Like, Colin Hub or whatever his name is, like, a bomb. Um, I think everybody agrees with that take. Um, I think that if you're Aaron Rodgers saying this guy's a bomb is kind of, like, not the right thing to say. As in, like, just why would you say that? <laughs> uh, uh, just – and basically mostly because it's, like, obviously – like, this guy is a bum. Everybody's on your side already because it's like the MVP is about who's the best player on the field. You're the best player at the most important position on the best team in the league. It's like you're the MVP. Everybody knows. And especially because all these other teams have fallen off. Like, Jonathan Taylor's case has fallen off. Tom Brady's case has fallen off. It's like very easily just Aaron Rodgers up there. 
Um, and so that's my take on it. I think he's definitely kind of a doucher, but he also just like definitely doesn't like the media. And it's like anything. It's like if you don't like somebody, it's tough to be nice to them. So those are my takes. Do you? How do you feel about AB? So you're definitely down with the Cardinals signing him, obviously. No, no. Um, I I voted the uh, toxic cancer locker room. Um, yeah. It, it what blows my mind is, and I think it's just a problem, like a bigger problem with social media and how we view things now through that lens. And I don't mean to sound like a boomer talking about how bad social media is, but like the, the amount of people I saw just as soon as that, you know, AB tells his side of the story and claims that they were trying to, you know, they knew he was injured and wanted him to go in and blah, blah. And it's like the amount of people that were calling for BA's head and for him to be fired and what an asshole and blah, blah. It's like, you're taking a known liar at his word as fact. Like, is there no world anymore where we can just not be reactionary immediately with a formed opinion to something like maybe it's true, but also like Antonio Brown is the least reliable source of information. So why would I jump to that conclusion that he's telling the truth now? It's like, why wouldn't you just wait for more information to come out? So I thought it was kind of funny. It was like the amount of people that just, you know, immediately knew like, Oh, BA's done. He should never coach another. It's like, why? Cause Antonio Brown said something like, who cares? Like, wait till there's proof on either side of the aisle. Well, um, I, think... I definitely. Okay, go. For... I like. I like I t- what you're saying there. I like what you're saying. I agree. Yeah, I just and I think you know, maybe it's different if it's a he said she said and it's you know someone that's more trustworthy. If Larry Fitz comes out and says something, who's never has had a track history of anything like, or like that, or Tom Brady or Gronkowski, yeah. or right, you know, but like a dude on that's on his fifth chance because he's lied repeatedly over and over again. I mean. Earlier this year, he submitted a fake vaccine card like three months ago. And people yeah, are like, well, oh, he, taking him as his word. What's hilarious about that situation? If he just would have paid his chef instead of being like, oh, like whatever, nobody would have known. <laughs> it's just like, dude, you fucked yourself, man. <laughs> yeah, the dude's a psycho. And then I think, too, like, um, you know, he's talking about how hurt he was and he couldn't go in the game. But they were saying it was a, he was mad about his targeting, you know, getting the amount of targets and stuff. And then he goes and does, you know, if, if that's your case, that's your story you're going with, don't run and do jumping jacks in the end zone before storming off the field. Like, I, I don't get it. I, yeah, I, I, tend I, to... I concur with that take. That's why I'm, like, interested to see if he actually, like, follows through with his grievance or, like, a team, like, who's heading into the playoffs will be like, yeah, we'll sign you. Like, can you get your shit together for, like, a month? Yeah, I think it would be hilarious, though, because, like, how many situations has he proven that he – is bad for the locker room. So I, I'd be curious to see if a team is like, I don't know. I think it well, would be low all... risk. It's low risk, like high reward. Like even if he comes in and he's just being a douche, you're like, all right, bro, later. Like that was, that was fun guys. Like, blah, blah, yeah, um, sure. you know, but if he comes in and gives you 120 yards and a touchdown, it's like, holy shit, this is awesome. And that's, uh, you know, that, that could win you a playoff game. And like one playoff game leads, you know, is massive, obviously. So, that's that's kind of what I would see. Like, obviously, if the locker room's like totally against it, that's a totally different story as well. But when you have like a um, when you have a team like similar to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where you just have all that veteran presence in there, it's like, hey, like if he can do it, that's one thing. But what I think Antonio Brown should be thinking about is that for sure. I don't know if you're a team, it's definitely like fifty fifty. Like, 
you're definitely going to Aaron Rodgers. Like, Aaron, what do you think? And if he says no, it's like, okay, definitely not then. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, I, I doubt he signs with anyone, but that would be interesting. Well, just a pure spite move, too. I think that would be hilarious, dude. Like, I, I, I definitely see that as, like, his sure. What do you think of what do you think of the Aaron Rodgers MVP take? You know, especially as us, Aaron, you know, Arizona sports guys, like always underrated. I feel like Green Bay, for how small it is, it's actually just like a massive fan base in comparison. Just old team, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what did you take on like the fact that this dude was like, Oh, I don't like this guy, basically, so I'm not gonna vote for him? Yeah, it's kind of shitty. I you know, I don't love Aaron Rodgers. Um I do respect his game though. And I think he's clearly the MVP of the season. And I, I side with Aaron in this regard. I don't know, like you said, maybe calling him a bum wasn't the best way to go, but I feel like after everything that's gone down, it's kind of just Aaron Rodgers says, you know, fuck it at this point, I don't respect the media. I'm not going to treat them well anymore. Uh, I think it's kind of shitty of the writer to do that. Um, But I think it's not unique to this situation. I think there's plenty of other situations where, these writers get their own biases in the way of stuff. I, the most pertinent example that comes to my mind is the Kurt Schilling Hall of Fame situation. I mean, I think he's undoubtedly a Hall of Famer, and I think a lot of his political antics are what have kept him out of the Hall of Fame. And it's like, should that be taken into consideration? I don't know. Uh, you know, I know for the Hall of Fame, they sometimes take in a little more than just the game. Well, so that's what's but, interesting. That's, that's actually like an interesting point. So the Baseball Hall of Fame, like within their like mandate, is on and off the field. Yeah, Which but, then, like you have guy, but then you have guys in the Hall of Fame that are, like, known racists that drop hard R's all the time. And, you, know, Cobb, and, you know, yeah. yeah. No, perfect. KKK no, members perfect. and whatnot. Ty Cobb, um, yeah. But, yeah, so I think for the MVP, I, I, I think it's clearly, like, you have to just take the guy on the field whether you like them or not. I don't personally like Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's the MVP. So I think maybe Aaron's response a little just kind of, heated and over it but i think the guy's wrong and aaron's actually right in this situation well it's just funny though like i i understand his response so i'm not like mad at it but i just you know i think a lot of the stuff like is like a tandem of like he just gets over it and he's like yeah fuck you guys or whatever but at the same time it's like to think that this is how like all pros mvp awards pro bowls are like voted on it's just, like, hilarious because it really just shows, you know, and I think Arizona sports, like, you know, we're, we definitely know this well. Um, Just, you know, look at the signs, like, you know, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, like, the lack of respect, DeAndre Ayton, the lack of respect, you know, like, you were, we were playing the game against the Lakers, or who did we play the other week in, like, on TNT? It, I think it might have even been the Nuggets. I'm not sure. But then they're talking about the, the Lake. Oh, it was the Lakers game. We would beat them by like 20 points. And they're like, oh, like LeBron's playing so well. Like, what can he do for the team for like the entire halftime show? It's like, you literally are the best team in the NBA on your screen. And you haven't said a word about them. And so it just kind of goes to show, like, and especially how, you know, in contracts like Pro Bowls, All Pros, and the NBA, like MVP awards, first team All NBAs like affect your actual money just how stupid that is and just how like everyone knows like um hub is right hub is that his name yeah he said he just said something that everyone knows is true and so he said like 
the thing that you're not supposed to say. And so now all these media members are like, oh, no, we don't do that. We don't do that. This is so bad. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, you guys are so full of shit. It's the yeah, same thing with, like, loud, yeah. it's just, like, media in general, you know? It's just, like, you know, it's it's not even just sports. It's kind of, like, everything. It's, like, bro, we everyone knows that this is what's happening. Like, <laughs> like why, are you, why are we making it seem like this isn't what's happening? So, Well, to your point, I think it's a good transition, actually. The uh, I don't know if you saw, but the early fan voting results came out, was it today or last night? Well, real quick, before we hop into that. Um, oh, yeah. Defense. How do you think the defense for the Arizona Cardinals can hold up? If J, like, what do you think about JJ Watt? What do you think about Chandler Jones, Marcus Golden? Um, heading into the this playoff run, where realistically, I mean, we're gonna play the best quarterbacks and running backs and wide receivers we've seen. You know, if it's the Cowboys, obviously we handled them well. I like what I saw there, um, and I think from that Cowboys game, maybe you can even like, you know pull from that significantly like going forward but you know if you're playing tampa i mean that's tom brady that's the goat you got gronk like you got mike evans they got they got weapons then you also have you know green bay at green bay in the snow like can, do we think the defense can handle Devonte adams um do we like that byron murphy on the number one guys situation like do we think that jj watt's gonna reset the entire defensive line just by being on the field. Like, how do you feel about the squad heading into Seattle, what you saw from the Cowboys, and then, you know, projecting forward to the playoffs? I, I think it's huge because, I mean, remember how worried we were, Cuse, about the cornerback situation going into the year? And then during our win streak, it's like these cornerbacks, Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson, look like absolute pro bowlers. And then J.J. Watt goes down. All of a sudden, we start getting less quarterbacks. Our run defense kind of sucks a little bit. We can't get off the field on third down. And the quarterbacks are now having more time to throw. And so those receivers are getting open, and they're torching our cornerbacks. And it's like, okay, maybe our cornerbacks only look so good because we didn't give their quarterbacks a million years to throw the ball. And well, so, I, Yeah. Well, I just think like having J.J. Watt back, he takes up so much of the defense, whether it's – he himself getting it or just, you know, even in those first couple games, like I don't think he recorded a sack, but he was having guys having to double on him, people focusing on him. And he opened up the floor for the Marcus Goldens and even for Chandler Jones to get in there. And I think that that's huge. And so, you know, in any situation you can take even like a mostly bum quarterback who, you know, isn't even, isn't even a top 20 quarterback in the league. If you give them enough time to throw and the receivers enough time to get open, like they're going to probably find somebody with the exception of a few guys who just absolutely cannot throw the ball. So <laughs> I, I think it's going to help if he can even just draw some attention his way. I think it's going to help the rest of the guys put more pressure on the quarterback and it's going to make the whole defense look better. I just want to see us get a better run defense and I want to see us get off the field on third downs because there's nothing more annoying. Like I think that Lions game was the epitome of it where it was a nine minute drive and they converted like four or five third downs in a row like so many chances to get off the field and you don't do it and it's just demoralizing okay but how do you how do you feel about that team going into the playoffs like versus like these big big teams like do you think they have enough do you need this like does jj watt need to like show up and be healthy or can he be like 80 percent he can like, be 80%. who do you expect to step up on the team i think just having him there will make him better i think buddha baker is going to hold down you know 
he, he just does everything pretty much right. I would and love to see Isaiah Thompson are so good, dude. Yeah, and I would love to see Isaiah Simmons continue his growth. Um, but seriously, I think do I think, think he's, he, do you think Isaiah Simmons is actually growing this year? Yes. Or does he just have like these huge highlight moments? But him and Zayvon Collins are like barely seeing the field because they're actually just like not that good. No, but Simmons has been on the field a ton. I, Collins hasn't been that much. I think Simmons has been huge. His development has been more than I could have asked for. Really? What really? makes you say that? Uh, he's so versatile. He can play like any position. He can even play a little bit of cornerback, not very well. But I just love his awareness. He's better at reading defenses now. He's not getting torched. He's making the right plays. And even if he's not the guy making the play, he's in the right vicinity there. And I just – it's not something you really – expected after how that first game went against San Francisco where he immediately got burned and just the year in general where he didn't play very much. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you feel differently. I've been pretty happy with him though. Fair enough. I will say it feels like, you know, for how many linebackers Steve Kime has drafted in his tenure that he's not very good at scouting linebackers in general though. You know, another year with the first – first rounder pick that I can barely see the field like I don't love that I think you're right Isaiah Simmons like you know definitely has had spurts and like you see the potential and so like I I follow that but I don't think he's good as good as he should be for where we drafted him which was what 16 overall maybe higher Um, and then Zayvon Collins definitely is not good enough to be your 15 or whatever overall pick in my opinion and I think at this point, like, you kind of see with all these injuries, like, um, kind of how Steve Kime sucking in the drafts actually, like, can really hurt a football team. Because we didn't really start losing games until we had, you know, these big guys go down. And we're definitely a top-heavy team. But you needed some backups that can come in and fill the space. And, like, obviously at corner, we actually have had that, hilariously. Like, I think Peterson was the guy we talked about earlier. Who I mean, Michael Gallup makes a heck of a catch, but I mean the corner's on the right position and he's been playing well. You know, a guy that I don't even know. Um, hilariously also Jonathan Ward, great catch on a great throw by Chris Branjo, LOL. Um, catch of the year, probably. Catch of the year, yeah. Maybe the best catch I've ever seen. Um I yeah, and so I I, I have just I don't know, man. You can only draft some linebacker slot receiver thing is just like dude like how many chances do you get at these guys <laughs> so and then Jordan Hicks has like been the best linebacker all year and he was trying to bench him so but off of that I think you're right defense you know if the defense can hold them to 21 points which is three scores four scores I think the offense can outscore them I think the only exception there is Green Bay but luckily we have a bunch of dudes who have played in cold weather so I think that's why that doesn't scare me as much. And Aaron Rodgers loves losing at home in the NFC Championship game. As well. Beat them running. Uh, never mind. That doesn't apply here. But anyways, so but what you were saying earlier, man. So Suns getting slept on first year or first round ballots come out, early round ba- balloting for the All-Star game. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw the results, um, but for the Western Conference in the front court, the only guy we have on that list is DeAndre Ayton, who's at a measly 10th place. 
and nowhere near the numbers he needs to be at to get a selection. And then you look at the backcourt, and you have two arguably MVP candidates in Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and they come in at fifth and sixth place respectively and are well behind the people in front of them. And Clay Thompson is currently sitting at number two on that list um, who hasn't seen action in over two years. So it's a joke. Um, I mean, fans are always kind of obnoxious, but I think a lot of that plays into the media coverage because, you know, you're unless it's your team, you're not going to be watching them every game. You know, I'm not out here watching a ton of 76ers games. You know, what I see is the highlights when I turn on SportsCenter, um, which is, you know, that's the exposure you get. And when you're disrespected like the Suns are in the national media and you never get to show the cool highlights, you never get to show like, oh, look how well they're doing. You know, I mean, most people, if if you're just a casual basketball fan follower, you just, you know, you'll watch a game here and there. You like a certain team, but you don't follow it every day regularly. I don't think you would have any clue that the Phoenix Suns were even a good team, let let alone the best team in basketball. You would think so, that they were, that you would think that they overachieved last year, and they're not even who's even they. You would be like, oh, they're middle of the pack. Yeah, and and no, they're the number one team in the division, in the conference, and in the entire league of the National Basketball Association. So. It, I mean, I think someone pointed out too. Like, I was watching a little bit of the post game last night on TNT because Bally Sports, um, you know, is the most trash fucking app in existence. <laughs> Seriously, like, I'd much rather listen to our guys talk about the Suns because I just get annoyed with the national media that doesn't know how to call a game and doesn't know what's been going on in the team. Sure. But it, it's just impossible to do that when every 30 seconds it lags and I have to restart the app and try to log back in and reactivate. It's just so goddamn annoying. So Valley app, Valley Sports, Sinclair, whatever, fix your fucking app. It's pathetic. But anyway, so I'm watching TNT, the post game. We, uh, you know, the Clippers didn't have Paul George, but we didn't have three of our guys, four of our guys still. Aiton and Crowder were still out. Shamit was still out. Um, we're playing a bunch of 10-day contract guys who I've never heard of in my life. And we absolutely destroyed the Clippers by 17 points. And we didn't even play that well. Like, Book was atrocious from the field. Chris Paul got a triple-double, but he struggled earlier in the game. And the only guy that was really playing that well was Cam Johnson, which we'll touch on, I'm sure. But then in postgame, uh, they you know, show the Knicks-Celtics highlights, which is fine. That was a good game. Knicks won on a budget beater. And then when it comes to the no, Suns highlights. Dude, are you kidding me? First of all, I just, I'm pissed about this. Just sorry. But the Celtics were up by 25 points, dude. Yeah, the Celtics are pathetic. Celtics, people are trying to tell me that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are better than freaking Devin Booker. Like, can go suck a wiener, dude. They're literally <clears throat> 25 point lead they blew to lose to the Knicks. You know, not the Warriors, not the, you know, LeBron with a huge game, not the Nets. They lost. They were up by 25 points in the first half, Alec, and they lost. And not only that, they killed my 10 game parlay, where I'm pretty sure every other thing hit hilariously. <laughs> Sorry, Keys. Bullshit. But yeah, you're right, dude. You know, sleeping on the Suns and the game's literally on. No, but th- but then in the post game too, like they show Suns highlights. They cut immediately to the fourth quarter. You know, the Knicks Celtics game. They showed the whole whole highlights of the whole game. They cut to the fourth quarter. And then instead of talking about it, you know, 
Chuck and Shaq are talking about Zion's weight problems and how he's got to do better with rehab and he's got to stop eating and blah, blah. And yeah, that's an important conversation, but it's like, can you talk about Zion when it's not during the Suns highlights or maybe mention the fact that the Suns just shorthanded have gone on a three game win streak and absolutely walloped the teams they've been playing. Like, you know, no wonder no one outside of Phoenix knows that Devin Booker is a decent basketball player. And no wonder that these guys aren't even in the top fan voting for the all-star spot. It's just, it's pathetic, dude. I I concur. And also like to your point, it, it kind of goes both ways because I feel like Clay Thompson, I you know, unfortunately, there are massive markets in the NBA. Um, and San Francisco is one of them because it's not just SF. It's like that entire like NorCal area Warriors fans, which is just like an insane amount of people. But I, and I'll even say because like DeMar DeRozan, perfect example of this, is in Toronto. Like nobody knows who he is. He's in San Antonio. I don't think I saw him for like two years. And all of a sudden he's on the Bulls and people are like, he's the MVP of the league. And so it just kind of goes to show like how media biased it is, like towards New York, Chicago, LA, um, San Fran being part of that as well. And then wherever like those big superstars are. Cause you even see like Dame Lillard, like I don't know what's going on with Dame Lillard this year either. And so it's just kind of ridiculous. Uh, luckily though, I will say, I don't know if you saw, but. Luckily, Devin Booker is dating Kendall Jenner, and Kendall Jenner um, tweeted out, "Go vote for Devin," basically. And so I uh, go read, and also for people who don't know, you just retweet every retweet, and especially today, and we're going to release the pod today as well. Um, is double vote day, and so go retweet that and like everything else, and those are votes for Book. And so um, I think, dude, I I mean. Chris Paul needs to get in there, dude. I don't know how he wouldn't. Devin Booker should be a starter, to be honest. And DeAndre Ayton just gets no respect, which is hilarious. But at the same time, annoying, because especially NBA contracts are very much tied to, like, these media awards, which are first-team All-NBA, second-team All-NBA, third-team All-NBA, MVP. You know, the team awards, like, winning the final, being the finals MVP, you know, different. But like, you can do that on your own. But all these other things, which relate a lot to money and a lot to this, a lot to that, like, even just awareness. Um, obviously, it doesn't prevent, like, really good players from just hopping on the songs, like, <clears throat> Bismarck Biombo. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's just also at the same time, like, what? I, how can you have a team so good who plays such a pure form of basketball and not be all of them if you're, like, the NBA? Yeah, I really don't get it. I mean, like literally, the Steve Nash era seems like it got more media, and which is hilarious because I would take like as we talked about, I think this team is better, or at least comparable. Like even if you don't think they're better, like the point is they they should be getting the kind of attention that the Lakers are getting, who are what sub five hundred, five hundred. Are they even gonna make the playoffs this year, dude? I don't even know. Like they seem like they suck. They're gonna have to play in a a play-in game, like. Yeah, they suck, right? Yeah. Like, is LeBron – how is LeBron even getting to the playoffs, dude? Also, hilariously, wouldn't it be so funny if LeBron left for the Cavs again? I mean, yeah, it's what he does, but – But I also – What? What? Well, I also think it's hilarious because everyone keeps bringing it up. I think once a week there's a guy that will go, quote, tweet it, but that uh, LeBron James tweet about 
everyone talking about how old their roster is, like keep that same energy when the season starts. Yeah, what a hilarious. So this guy's an absolute hero. I, I I forget his name. I'll have to find it and send it in the group. But every single week, he, you know, He's props in the Lakers energy. record and retweets the same energy. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, and I think you know, like, like what did the Suns have thirty wins, and for sixteen of them, either they haven't had Booker or Aiden, like. The team isn't even at full strength, and we're just slaughtering the league. You know, people are like, oh, the Warriors games. It's like, well, the half that Booker did play, we were up by what, like 15 points? Yeah. And then we still win that first game. The second one, he didn't play. And I'm blanking what happened in the third one, but it's just kind of like that's not even a real matchup until Clay Thompson, you know, comes back, to be honest. I think that's, you know, something to worry about potentially if you're the Suns, but. You know, with some of these new additions, though, and the uh, Cam Johnson lifestyle that we are all currently living, I don't know if I'm concerned about anybody. And I think we're about 15 times better than we were last year. And I think I could say right now, if this was the team we had in the finals, I think we would have won. Yeah. uh, Well, I don't know about that. I think injuries played a role um, and – I still think even with this team healthy, I think we lose those finals if you're going to let Giannis just bulldoze people and then the second someone stands up to him, they're going to call a foul and he's going to take 25 free throws a game. It's kind of hard to beat, but that's point fair, is taken. This is where I would push back on that. Is Bismarck Biombo, dude. Like, all he did when he was on the Raptors was guard Giannis and LeBron and, like, shut them down, basically. Rebound machine. Obviously, you see the offensive capability. Whether or not that's him or, like, the Chris Paul effect, I think I would lean more towards the Chris Paul effect, in all honesty, as far as forgiving him, like, you know, just things that he can literally just dunk. <laughs> it's basically, it seems like all his points. But you see the blocking, the defense. I mean, like, you know, since he's not DeAndre Ayton, one thing that happened in the finals was it was DeAndre Ayton and there was no other big men. Yeah. And so now that we have JaVel McGee and Bismarck and you can see Jalen Smith can give you something, um, I don't know if he could have done that in the finals, fair enough. But Javel and Bismarck both being able to go up with Giannis and, like, if needed, literally just push him onto the ground, you know, and take a flagrant or whatever, if, like, just to send a message, I think is what you probably would do there. That's why I think that. But, you know, obviously, we'll see what we can do this year. It's about this year right now. But I like what I see, man. Cam Johnson, dude, with a freaking career high 25 last night, I believe. 24, 24 I think. yeah. 18 straight games with 10-plus points. 21st consecutive game with at least two three-point field goals, which is a Suns record. And, I mean, not to mention the best hair on the team. <laughs> also, I mean, the dude's shooting 50% from three in his last 25 games, Alec, and he's the best three-point shooter in the league as of today. So what you're saying is he should be in the three-point shooting contest then? What I'm saying is, is this guy better than Steph Curry? <laughs> no, he's not better than Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think he he played pretty well last year. He, he struggled his rookie season um, trying to figure out, am I going to be a spot shooter? He didn't really have much of a driving game. He was really one-dimensional. And it doesn't help when you're like that and your shot's not really falling because he struggled from three 
his first year. And I think you kind of knew he could turn that around. Sure, he played a lot better, sure. uh, you know, and he was a big part of our playoff run and everything. And you kind of saw glimpses of what he could be. And then this year he's actually like just followed up on that even more. And it's, it's weird to say in his third season and like with how well he had played and that he's coming off the bench this year too, but he might be the most improved player in the league. I mean, if you have a guy like that yeah. at your disposal, who's not a starter, who could be a starter on most teams and he comes off the bench for you. I mean, that's huge. That's insane. And you know, you well, can argue whether or not, think, you know, excellent point there. Cause I will say like the Desmond Bain effect, like, you know, TC boy, I love what Desmond Bain's doing. Um, and I mean, I wish he was on the team, but also at the same time, like if he was on the Suns, I don't know if you get any playing time. Cause you got a guy like Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, like our Jay Crowder, like, you know, like Cam Johnson is a monster. And yeah, you're right. He, he's taking a few years to develop here, but where he's at right now, I mean, he's turned from like a legit, like, you know, role player, like, oh, this guy's a stud to, I mean, he's a, what? I mean, you have to say, I mean, he scored 24 points last night. He's an elite offensive weapon in the NBA right now. And I think, you know, going forward, yeah, and you know it's actually it's actually kind of funny because you're so happy to see him doing so well, but then at the same time, I'm almost like, dude, stop playing so well. We want to be able to afford you at a decent price. <laughs> exactly. <'Cause dude>. Shit. <laughs> I mean, like, no, but like seriously, because he it's not like he's getting the ball all the time, and he's still putting up 24 points. Like, you know, he's just in a, a so efficient with his scoring. Last night, he's nine of 14, four for seven from three, two for two from the free throw. Um, I mean, that's just, that's insane level of scoring 24 even gives you seven rebounds. This is out an assist there. I mean, the guy that's fucking ridiculous, dude. Like there's not many guys in the league that can give you 24 points in general, much less, you know, shoot the way he's been shooting from three, much less like be willing to do what he's willing to do. Like I, at this point, obviously, you know, not to overreact too, too much. But is Cam Johnson ahead of Mikhail Bridges, like developmentally? Like, like, you know, did we need obviously Mikhail Jail is a real thing, the defense. But you know, Cam Johnson might be pushing him for more, even more starting minutes once these guys are coming, or even Jay Crowder might need to take less minutes. Man, like Cam Johnson is, you know, playing his way into. I don't. I mean, it's hard because you got Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre, but I mean, Cam Johnson's entering that type of tier yeah and you or know do you feel it, like that's an overreaction no no mikhail mikhail has definitely been struggling with his shot um i'm not too worried about that because he, he we know how good of a player he is and We've he'll come out it. of his form and and it. Mc, to me like even when his shot isn't falling he finds ways to cut and score and distribute and make it difficult for the defense, even when he's not playing that well. And then on the defensive end, he just causes havoc. So to have a guy like when Mikhail goes off offense, it's almost like a bonus. Like he's out there to guard their best guy and facilitate a little bit. And then you add on top of that, the fact that he can splash threes and has the power, like that's just a bonus. So I, I don't think it's an overreaction though, that Thompson is entering that level. Um, it It's definitely happened really this year and and you can see that he's getting more and more minutes um so yeah it's going to be interesting to see what money does with the with the lineup and if he's going to try to get cam johnson more minutes i I'll, i bet he still comes off the bench for sure 
Sure, uh, sure. But, well, just because of I, the ego thing, like Jay Crowder, like you got to keep the team together. You can't just like nuke Jay Crowder's spot. Like you need, and, yeah. And I think Jay, Jay Crowder's a better defender capacity. too. Well, well, you need Jay Crowder at full capacity for this team. Like I'm not. Yes. This isn't a diss on anybody. It's more of like, yo, Cam Johnson, yeah, might be better than what we thought, which was already really, really good. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, to that point, like, you know, I think it's almost COVID has kind of helped the Sun situation because it's gotten guys like. You know, even Jalen Smith, dude. Jalen Smith last night gives you 19 and 14. Makes a three, 9 of 7 from field goal. I mean, not too, too efficient from a guy that's playing mostly down low. But, I mean, Jalen Smith's another dude, man. He's been tearing it up. He's been playing well. And uh, I kind of like that because I – I mean, maybe maybe you want to keep him and develop him. I, I don't think that's a terrible option. But I also wouldn't mind using that as trade bait. I, okay, let me – that perfect follow-up to that. That was going to be my next question. We currently have six centers on the team, Alec, because Dario Saric is still technically part of the roster right now. Uh, Kaminsky looks like he's going to be hurt for a little while here as well, which probably led to the Biombo signing. But Bismarck Biombo was one of the best centers in the league like not too long ago and won the finals with Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry. And he was drafted like seven or eight overall, too. He's a monster. And he definitely – but what happened was he went to Charlotte. He didn't have that good point guard anymore. You know, that team's not very good. You know, he really didn't fit the system. And so the big contract, all right, out. And then he had like, you know, his dad. And his quote was like, I really didn't want to go to a team where I didn't like the situation. And the Suns really stuck out to me because of the way that it's such a team effort. And, you know, Bismarck is a monster, dude. And so then you also have Jalen Smith and DeAndre Ayton on the team. Obviously, DeAndre Ayton is arguably the best center in the league. Maybe he's not quite Joel Embiid yet, you know, but Joel Embiid's never healthy. Um, Anthony Davis, who is that anymore? You know, he's going to chase LeBron out of town with how terrible he is. But just to say, like, you have these six guys here. Um like what? What is James Jones gonna do, man? And like you said, like we already, we opted not to sign Jalen Smith. Cam Johnson still has another year on year on his deal, luckily. But do you really want to push that? Obviously, we're signing eight, and also, <laughs> but like you know, what do we? Uh, what do you see if you're James Jones right now? What do? What are moves? Are we looking to move some centers? Are we looking to do? What do you? What do you see? First move, we're gonna cut Frank. Kim- <laughs> um, that's more just wishful thinking, but seriously, I don't, I don't see, I don't know about you. I, I, I know I'm biased cause I hate Frank Kaminsky, but I don't see a role with the guys we have. I don't we'll want rank him. those guys then prioritize like, those top six guys for me. Aiden one, JaVale two, Bismarck three, Dario four. Really? Um, yeah. Just cause Dario, I don't know how he's after that ACL injury. But even Dario, like, do you remember how... But no, 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 how... I'm saying you have Bismarck ahead of JaVale McGee? No. Or no. Why, you have JaVel McGee ahead of Bismarck. Why is that? Yeah, because I think JaVale is a better than Bismarck is. Really? I Yeah, I think defense... I mean, they're both pretty good defensively, but I like JaVale's offensive ability a little bit more. Which is what? Like, what stands he, out to you there? He can create his own shot. Like, Bismarck, like you said, is great pick and roll cut and getting some slams from Chris Paul's beautiful dimes. Where Mail has these really surprising moves that, like, 
he doesn't look like he can pull off or he does these crazy like spin moves from the top of the key and just gets like a nice little hook shot right in there. Okay. I don't know but, that I agree, but I but, like I understand the point for sure. So yeah, I I think well I think the news came out um I guess it's not really news, but there's it's that by the All-Star break, the NBA will have concluded their investigation into Robert Sarver. So at that point in time, I think you're going to have James Jones is going to have a better understanding of, okay, are we going to have new ownership in here that's willing to spend money or am I going to be stuck with this cheap Robert Sarver and have to start making decisions about who we can keep and who we can't because he's not going to dish out the money. Um, but I, I think Jalen Smith would be a good trade bait. Um, I'm, I, he has impressed me filling in while Eaton's been out. But I just don't know how sustainable that is. If they believe that he can keep growing and can get level every night, then yeah, keep him and develop him as a backup for Eaton. But if you're of the mindset that, hey, this guy isn't as good as we hoped he would be, but he's playing pretty well and he might intrigue some some other teams and maybe get a good guy for him in a swap. But it, it, James Jones has a lot on his plate, man. The guy never rests, so we'll see. <laughs> No, no, what do you want to do? Excellent, I think that's an excellent point to the Jalen Smith conversation is simply, like you said, he's at best the fourth guy. So that means like how many – like, and it's like eight when he plays is out there all the time. I think Bismarck Biombo is a great signing simply because you're it'll allow you to rest Aiton more because he gives you a lot of what Aiton gives you. Obviously not the whole thing. Obviously not the whole thing. But that, like, stout defense, he can be, like, the defensive anchor on the team. And he can also do the pick and roll with Chris Paul, like, very, very easily. Um, and then, like you said, JaVale McGee, it's like, are you going to play Jalen Smith over J- JaVale McGee? Are you going to play him over Bismarck? Like, obviously, you're not playing him over Aiton. It's like, well, how many minutes is this kid really going to get? Some flashes. And... At this point, to me, it seems like the Suns definitely could use an extra guard because Alfred Payton is just like not it. No. Um, he does have his moments where he looks okay and obviously he was the starting guard for the Knicks last year. It's just hilarious that they won any games. Um, and so to me what this team like is looking at is you almost kind of want to like re-sign Craig. like you need a no- you need a Tory Craig guy. And you know he's on the Pacers right now and they're like sh- they're like shopping everybody. And or he went to the Bucks, didn't he? Did he go to the Bucks? No, he, he was on the Bucks before he signed with us. Oh, uh, okay. But regardless, you almost need like another Tory Craig guy, um, just that defensive specialist, basically. Like, uh, like Mac threw in there, um, and. But outside of that, man, I mean, this team is just so deep. Like, I'm looking at this roster, like, trying to pick a hole in it. But a lot of these things, it's like you're you're already too deep at every position. And you've, what, three – you have an extra guard with campaign. And you have Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, Bridges rotation. You got Chris Paul, Book, campaign rotation. And then are you going to have Jalen Smith – JaVel McGee, you know, and I don't know. Dario Saric, honestly, I expect to be moved because of the way his contract is. 
unfortunately. I wish he was healthy and tearing it up for us still. Um, but I really like our team, man. I think Bismarck Biombo is just such, such an upgrade, like, to the team. Just because when Aiton's been out, it's like that's you miss Aiton. And I feel like with Bismarck, like, obviously you'll still miss Aiton to some degree. But at the same time, like, Bismarck brings a lot of that defensive effort and, like, stalwartness that Aiton does. And, you know, can play the pick and roll pretty easily to get those dunks and alley-oops and, like, you know, whatever else. So, I think that's I, – I love Bismarck. Like, I, I think he's even better than Chevelle McGee. Like you said, like, Chevelle's maybe a better player. But as far as for, like, how the Suns play, I think Bismarck fits perfectly. And I almost would, like, rather have him on the court than Chevelle McGee, like, trying to do a fucking fadeaway, too. So, Yeah. I guess that's what I would say. I expect something, though, for sure. Like I've been saying, I guess, kind of harping on that a little too much. But um, I guess, like, we can speculate about it. But at the end of the day, it's going to be a difficult process and you got to be careful. But it's a good problem to have. Like, I'd rather be like, hey, Definitely. we have too many good guys. Like, how do we get rid of this in the right way versus like, hey, we really need to add pieces because we just don't have it. So it's a we good have problem. All the pieces. I agree. We I have think too many pieces. pieces. <laughs> no, and, and honestly, like the Jalen Smith thing, I could go either way on. I think it's going to be a real problem because we didn't accept this option as far as for paying him next year. I think someone will definitely pay him more with how he's been playing, um, which is why, like, to a degree, you almost are like, well, let's just trade him now so we can get, you know, a good piece. But it's also, like, if everyone on the team thinks he's going to be, like, a really good, then, like, why trade him at all? You know, and that's where it comes down to the owner, like, willing to pay people for sure. But I'm almost on the train. I, I could go either way on Jalen Smith. I think Bismarck is hilariously just such a great signing. Like, I don't think we could have, like, a better fortuitous situation if we tried. Um, and so, Suns are so good, man. I think even with Clay Thompson coming back, it'll be interesting to see for the Warriors if he can get to 100% before the playoffs. But that's all that's really happening here is just seeing for the playoffs. Like, this team is a legit championship contender again. I think you probably want another guard just so you can, like, you know, rest Chris Paul a bit more. I don't even know, man, because we know how good this team is, man. It's just whether or not they can stay healthy. And so I think that's kind of the biggest concern is, like, you know, how can you shift around everybody's minutes to keep everyone good? Which I think COVID is helping with hilariously at the same time. This this team is good and so deep that you can have a lineup with Alfred Payton, Jalen Smith, and Ish Wainwright, and you're up by 16 points just because of how good the team is, how deep they are in the culture they have, which is just hilarious to me. Like, none of those guys are, like, legit, legit NBA players and smashing other teams who are at full strength. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. But, but, and, well, but, but, the- but, Q's, but, 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 sure. We can't be sure if it's just a fluke from the bubble, you know. It's just, we just can't be sure. <sighs> that's so true. I mean, yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious, <laughs> though. Um, but I just, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like you know, really, the only teams that are competing with the Suns right now are, you know, I guess the Giannis factor in the playoffs is such a huge one. I think we've almost like kind of, you know, we made the adjustment for that with the additions of JaVale McGee and Bismarck, though. Obviously, you got to hope they stay healthy. I think that could also be, like, the health argument and the depth could be an easy argument to keep Jalen Smith. 
you know, just one of what if one of those guys goes down? True. Injuries are part of the game. You know, it's like you got to account for those. That's like similar to the Steve Kine problem for the Cardinals. It's like when you can't draft well in the third or fourth rounds consistently, it's like, you know, when JJ Watt goes down, who's your big signing, and obviously you don't want to go down, but it's like there's just a massive hole rather than it being like a, just a hole. It's like a huge gaping fucking hole. So, um, I'm interested to see, man, but, I mean, the team's so fun to watch. Been catching just random games regularly. Oh, so good, man. I love how Ben's on, like, the alt spread minus seven. We're going to win by 17 tonight, guys. He's, and he got it. He's the alt spread <laughs> he king. He got it. It's hilarious, dude. Well, and, I mean, I like, listen, like, I felt good about the 13. I was like, okay, like, you know, if Ben's going 17, okay, I think we can get 13. <laughs> But the fact that you're just like, yo, we're going to beat this other NBA team by like 20 points essentially is just totally hilarious. Um, but yeah, and so I don't know, man. I think, you know, is it championship or bust this year? Or are we just happy, you know, if we just continue the success? I feel like Arizona is interesting in that way where it's like, you know, is this going to be like the Steve Nash run round two? Or are we actually going to be able to pull this ish off this time? It's an interesting point. Um, I'm not really sure. And I've gone back and forth to thinking about it. Like, obviously, the end goal is a championship, right? But I don't know. Would you, would you rather it be like a one time you hit the you hit the lotto, you championship, and then the team just dissolves after that because they can't afford guys and the guys go away and get traded and then they suck again for a while? Or do you want a sustained hey, they're contenders every single year and maybe it doesn't happen this year, but that they're just as good at, you know, getting back there the year after that. It's it's a tough decision because you never want to give up on a championship, but it's like this team seems like it's built for the future to the point where, yeah, they're championship contenders. Yeah, they're the best team in basketball. And obviously I would give my left nut for them to win, but I, I like about them is that they are built for the hey this isn't a one and done we're going for it all right here like we're going to be back next year and the year after that that's that's interesting uh do you think that well i one thing i will say is i just think chris paul's game i think chris paul will be on this team for another five years <laughs> like and i'm not even joking like five is hefty i i could see like three or four more years he could he will be playing until he doesn't want to play anymore Simply sure. because his game just allows him to be like one of the best players on the court, like at all times. And yeah, he doesn't even have to be. He's not even like a speed guy. Like he doesn't need to outrun no. guys to get what he needs. He literally plays like a sixty-five-year-old man. He walks up the court. <laughs> he shoots his like fake. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the agility on that like that um, elbow fadeaway, whatever he does, the rip through that he does. Maybe that goes away eventually. Maybe that's where he loses the step. But I mean, it's not like. I mean, but man, I mean, I if he played until like Tom Brady's playing like forty five, that would not surprise me to be honest. And I think for Chris Paul, like he almost has like the LeBron thing where it's like their their cases for like how they're going to be all time greats is going to be like how long they played and how great they were for very sustained periods of time. Because even tonight, like, and I hope we get Chris Paul's title. I will say though that. Because the Suns already had the run of my childhood where, like, they just, um, you know, were so, so good for so, so long and never won, um, I would be fine with winning a championship 
like at all costs. Yeah, fair. for sure. <clears throat> like if you could ensure, have you told me like you had to trade away everybody the next year, like kind of what the Raptors did, whatever that is. And it's like, you have to make all these moves to go all in on this year. I would be like, fine. I would say do it. But I think at the same time, it's like, we clearly don't need to do that. Like, I think you have all the pieces. Like, you already have the guy who's the proven winners. Like, you have, you know, I think maybe an underrated part of Biombo too, is he's won a title. He's played against LeBron. He's played against AD. Like, he's played against Joel Embiid. Like, he's gone up against these big centers in big moments and won. And I think, like, that's, you know, Jay Crowder, Bismarck Biombo, Chris Paul. Like, now you have these guys who are, like, legitimately – champions in the nba and you know chris paul obviously is trying to get there still but he's gone as deep as anyone could get without actually winning at this point and i think when you stack up to other teams it's like yeah i could steph curry score 80 points in a single game sure like maybe you just get shit on that hard maybe that is what happens and you just don't win it and it's like okay well you, you know life is weird like that like you don't always get all the breaks so it's just funny but I would want to chip over anything, dude. I would be like, I'd be everybody the next year if we, if we won a championship. <laughs> the team's built like the Warriors dynasty at the same time, where it's like, you don't need to worry about it. So I think we'll get one. I think this is the squad, man. But it better be. a, t- a team that's definitely not a chip won a huge game last night. Arizona Coyotes, real quick. Um, <laughs> you mean they're not cup contenders? What did you just say? You mean they're not cup contenders? <laughs> Not cut contenders, vying for that number one overall pick, Shane Wright. He's been tearing it up for the Canadian team. Um, first of all, all I want to say is, do you think Bill Armstrong is going to make another move this trade deadline and get even more picks than we already have? I don't know if it could be possible, but maybe. I mean, we, we have how many picks in the first couple rounds? Like six? We have six picks in the first 60 picks next yeah. year. Um, so I don't even know how that's possible, dude. I mean, we have more picks than I've ever seen a professional sports team have for a single draft, like with that early on in the round. So I don't know. But this team is doing a good job of like I, – I didn't catch the whole game. I watched some of it, um, but I was also focused on the Suns game. But For sure. Beat down the Blackhawks last night, 6-4, to four, yeah. so badly that the Blackhawks literally had a team meeting about how much they suck. Players-only meeting behind closed doors because um, the Johan Larson, our fourth-line center, had a hat trick, which is yeah. hilarious. Um, but I, I – you, did you – I just like the way the team plays. Like, you can turn on the Coyotes game, and it's just an entertaining game. Even, like, if you don't look at the score, I guess, is the point of that. Yeah. No, I, I like I like that this team is willing to fight and show flashes of like, hey, there's there is something to build here, um, but while still most of the time not getting that W, so we can secure it. They they know what the uh, the objective is, and uh, yeah, you know, like you said though, I the Blackhawks, you know, might be a very top hated team in Arizona because of how obnoxious the Chicago fans are out here that enjoy the beautiful Arizona weather. Don't actually live in Chicago. Don't support the local team. So it's always nice to get a W against the Blackhawks. Um, it's For a fun sure. rivalry, honestly. And yeah, it was a beatdown. down. Um, six to four makes it sound closer than it was. Cause it was not that close. 
Yeah, well, just luck. I mean, our just the way the team's set up, it makes every game close. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But I will say though, like uh, Central Division, the Coyotes are in are currently the most competitive division in the entire league. Every team but the Coyotes is in legitimate playoff contention. The Blackhawks are slowly, but every other team besides the Blackhawks, the Coyotes are legit, insanely good. Um, so I'm I like what I see from Bill Armstrong. As far as like if we're gonna actually compete in this, um, just staying focused on the team, and so, but we'll just switch off that. We know the appetite's not huge, but you just gotta like what you see. Entertaining. Feel free to throw in a Coyotes game here and then. See myself score a goal from here and then. He's been tearing it up. Clayton Keller stud. Um, and so switching real quick. Rob Manfred's a total clown, eh? Oh, absolute joke. Else, hit him with some final thoughts, Alec. What are you excited about heading into 2022 for Arizona sports or maybe just even sports in general? You know, 2022, I'm excited that we're trudging along. I'm excited at a lot of the uh, protocol changes that are going on. Um, teams finally starting to wake up and realize that it's not feasible. Just Blake at testing everybody. So hopefully we get less pauses and suspensions. College basketball is still trying to figure that out because they're inept. Um, but so I'm excited just for sports to keep trudging along because honestly it brings a lot of meaning to it. I know people say it's just a game, but it really drives a lot of our culture and a lot of what we do. And it's just, it's such a fun time and a great escape from everything else that's happening around us. It's less fun and more depressing. So I'm just excited for, for all sports NFL playoffs, you know, January is great leading into February. Also awesome. Phoenix mm-hmm. open coming up stoked for that. Um, mm-hmm. it's also coming up on the one year. So, like, happy birthday to us, you know. Huge. Shout out DHP. Uh, shout out Matt Harris for the amazing Secret Santa gifts. You won Secret Santa. Uh, the DHP shirt that I got, and then we got a bunch of stickers. Um, oh, really? That was lit, yeah. Send a pic, uh, you hoe. I will. I'll, I'll send you one because they're great stickers. I have one up on my wall, and I'm putting one on my laptop and one on my water bottle. And then I'm going to be, uh, you know, just – to spread the word Love and then that, shout dude. out shout out ben ben is the uh owner of a new house up on 14th and ocotillo oh congratulations sir. yeah he closed colin zacagno real estate mogul and yeah. so ben will be moving in there um which you know i don't know if ben realizes this yet or not but he's just a stumble away from moto so we're just going to be spending our Friday nights getting absolutely hammered on stocky bombs and just, I'm going to be stumbling home to his place and crashing in one of his bedrooms. So he's ready for that. Oh, wow. That's hot. But yeah, I'm, and I'm excited for uh, us to keep getting the pot out of, you know, I know we don't do it as regularly as we, as we did when we first started and we had more time, but I like doing this and I, I hope everyone at home likes listening and I hope you like doing it with me, Cuse. Oh, I love it, dude. And I, yeah, man, I'll, I'll have to come up with a better system as far as getting pods out more consistently. I think, you know, if anyone has a good recommendation, you know, maybe if I put on an Excel spreadsheet, you know, Alec can put in the weeks he's definitely in versus like, oh, I'm busy. Someone else can fill in, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, I watch all this stuff anyway, so it's not like that big of a leap for me to do these weekly. But, you know, because you got finals. You're a busy man, dude. I respect it. Um, I will say, dude, I uh, waste management open or 
the Super Bowl is going to be a tough call when the Arizona Cardinals are at the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'll cut that out. Um, but, uh, yeah, man. Excellent pod, man. Sorry for keeping you so long. Sorry well, this one ran late. And, uh, dude, 2022 is going to be a big year. Study hard, broski. And uh, I'll catch you next week. Hell yeah, bro. Fun doing it. Appreciate it.